It is good to see everyone, and again, welcome to all the kids. Yes, 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 and to Pastor Ryan's kids, I think they should get to open all their Christmas presents early. Amen? (laughs) Thus saith the word of the Lord. I'm just teasing. Christmas Eve 2021, man, what a year it has been. Sunday, we talked a little bit, if you were here, a weary, well, excuse me, a thrill of hope. And today, I, we're kind of on that whole, oh, holy night thing. That's kind of part of what we've been doing in this Christmas season. And I want to talk, take just a couple of minutes and just talk about the weary world rejoices. Weary world rejoices. Do you feel, this is a rhetorical question, <laughs> weary at the end of 2021? It's uh, exhausted, maybe worn out, spent frustrated, whatever it may be. Uh, If you watch any news at all, I don't care where you watch it. I don't care if it's like a a news outlet in the middle of Zimbabwe, somewhere in the middle of nowhere that you don't know anyone. There's just, it just seems like it's like, oh, will this ever end? And will there ever become a normal? And what's going to happen with this and that and blah, 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 and life and things happen. And even on weekends like this where uh, families coming together or this is happening or that's happening or this plan has been interrupted because of this. It can just be kind of exhausting. And if you feel like that, you're, you're not alone. And what's interesting is you read the story and you look at the time when Jesus was born, weary, even in that song, Oh Holy Night, which we'll sing later. It's an apt word to describe not just how we may feel today, but how they felt in the first century during the birth of Christ? What would have been the temperament of the nation, of Israel, of what was happening in the world during that time? See, about that time in the first century, the Roman Empire was in a massive expansion, but they had done, through, done so through just major manipulation of people. Uh, the middle class, if you would have looked in that period of time, would have been completely uh, on the verge of poverty due to an overtaxation. There would have been an economy that would have been cratering and in shambles. And in the midst of that darkness and that feeling of weariness, that's why the songwriter writes, a weary world rejoices. In the middle of that, a Savior was born. I love how John says in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skip down to verse 14. Here's kind of a verse I want to give today. For the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. In our weariness, we have reason to rejoice today. We can rejoice, first of all, because that verse, that that chapter, that passage in verse 14 says that God knows us. John writes that the word became flesh. The doctrine behind that, the theological term for that is incarnation or incarnational presence. It's the fact that God manifested himself not in a formless uh, a void that we could not see or understand, but yet he came in the form of a man. Jesus was fully God and fully man. 
incarnational. God is with us. He became flesh. What does that mean? That simply means that Jesus knows what it's like to suffer. Jesus knows what it's like to experience betrayal. Jesus knows what it's like to have a broken heart or feel loneliness or pain. Even like what you may be experiencing the frustration of the world that you're living in today. And the interesting thing about incarnation, the fact that God became man, that God came and dwelt among us, is that the only religion on the world where God pursues man is Christianity. Hebrews writes, speaking of this, that we have a priest, a high priest in Jesus, who is our savior, and he calls us brother and sisters, joint heirs with Jesus. Probably don't think about that a whole lot, or very often, that Jesus is our elder brother. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 says it this way. Just listen to these words. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, to our faith, to what we believe. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can rejoice today because God knows us. You can rejoice today because God knows you. He knows what you're feeling right now, whether you're watching online, whether you're here uh, and, and we're in the same room in the same space. What I do know is that we're all feeling a lot of different emotions. Maybe someone that you love you've lost this year. Maybe things didn't turn out the way you thought they would. Maybe you're just having a terrible, horrible, you know, Alexander's terrible, horrible, very bad day. It's just one of those days. Maybe it's just one of those seasons. Maybe you're, man, you're on the mountaintop and everything's great. You can rejoice because he, Jesus, is with us. Second reason you can rejoice is because God is with us. God is with us. Verse 14, he made his dwelling among us. The Hebrew word would be Emmanuel. God is with us. It's one of the messianic prophecies of the Old Testament. Emmanuel means God is with us. It's Hebrew for God is with us. What does that mean? I'm so glad you asked that question. Simply this, when you are lost, God is your guide. When you're alone, God is your companion. When you are hurting, God is your comforter. When you are afraid, God is your peace. When you are sick, God is your healer. When you are weak, God is your strength. When you are dead in your sin, he is your savior and salvation. Man, that's Christmas. We have that hope that we serve a God who's with us. And sometimes we forget, but in the Old Testament, Moses asked God to reveal himself and his glory to him. And if you read the passage in Exodus chapters 33 and 34, what you'll see is, is that God covers Moses' face because he could not contain the glory of God. And he tells him about his faithfulness and his justice and his grace and mercy. But this passage tells us that to you and I, he no longer hides his face or his glory from us. But rather he reveals himself, his justice his grace, his mercy, his faithfulness through Jesus Christ every single day. God is with us. Don't worry. I'm, I'm hungry. We're going to land the plane. 
Some of you are going, man, he's getting just started. Just hold on. I knew we should have brought a sandwich. We can rejoice because God's gift to us is eternal life. Verse 14 says, he was full of grace and full of truth. Grace, God's unmerited favor. Truth, God's unfailing faithfulness. The epicenter of God's grace and truth is Jesus. That's what we celebrate on this Christmas. Jesus was all grace. He welcomed and he ate with sinners and with tax collectors. He had compassion on the crowds when they were hungry and far away from home. He healed the lepers. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He saved the criminal on the cross when he confessed who he was as Jesus was drawing his very last breath. Jesus was grace. But Jesus was also truth. Because brothers and sisters, without truth, there can be no grace. Ooh, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. For he condemned the religious leaders of his day for being liars and hypocrites. He addressed the severity of sin and consequences. He called all those who would be his disciples to take up their cross every single day and follow him. And he obeyed the law. He set the standards and he demanded this from his followers for the rest of their lives. John will go on to write in John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him and Jesus would never perish, but would have eternal life. And we have hope today. We have hope today. So that's why we celebrate Christmas. It's not just a baby in a manger. It's not just God entering into the world of man, putting on flesh. It, it, it's, it's more than just, it's, it's him doing that, but he dwells among us and he gives us the gift of eternal life and he gives us a way. And maybe you're here today and you're far away from God. Maybe you're here today and you know who Jesus is, but, but man, you're just not following him. This passage is for you. This word is for you. It's more than just... just um, uh, an encouragement for those of us that are living in a very weary time as Christ followers. It's hope to those of us that may feel like we are drowning in the world in which we're living in. How, how do I do that, Aaron? How, how, how do I accept who you're, you're talking about these theological terms that feel a bit abstract and, and a bit beyond? And I, how do I? It's just real simple. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is who John's gospel just declared that he is, you'll be saved. That's it. It's not about joining a church. I wish it was. That'd be really easy. You could just have a membership card, sign the card, and you'd be done. Wouldn't that be great? It would be great. The problem is, is God doesn't want your membership. God wants your heart. If you could just show up at church and just kind of check the boxes, that, that'd be great. You just kind of check it and then go do whatever else you want to do. But the truth is, God's not looking for your attendance on Sunday morning. He's looking for your heart. Wouldn't it be great if we could just write a check and just pay and just kind of, well, this, is, this is it, and we just kind of pay our membership due, and whatever you want to call it. And just, but it's not that he wants our heart. He's not looking for my membership. He's not looking for my money. He's not looking for my attendance on Sunday morning. He's looking for my heart. And if I will but accept the gift that God gave us 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas when the word became flesh, and dwelt among us. I have that eternal life. I have Emmanuel with me, God with me. Because where does he live? In my heart. 
Revelation 3.19, Jesus says he stands at the door of every man's heart. And he knocks on the door, and if you open the door and you invite him in, he'll come in and eat with you. Relationship. That's what God wants. So today, I just want to take a moment and I just want to pray. And then we're going to take communion in just a second. And before we take communion, just I'll, you'll have plenty of time, I promise. I can hear some of the cups rattling. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to take communion in just a second. I'm going to pray. We're going to have a song, time of reflection. And then, and then what we're going to do is out of that, we're going to turn around and then we'll come back and I will, will lead us in communion together. And again, just like Ryan said before, we practice open communion, which means if you're a Christ follower, you're welcome to take communion with us. If you choose not to, no problem. No one's going to point you out. There's not going to be any spotlights hitting you coming from the ceiling. There's nothing of that nature. You're totally fine. Moms and dads, this will be an opportunity for you to be in just a moment to talk to your kids if you want to do that. But I want to just say one quick thing for those of you that you came in this room today and your life wasn't right with Jesus. In this moment, in this time, don't just do this service because it's part of your Christmas holiday tradition. Just ask yourself the simple question, am I right with Jesus? If I were to stand before God right now, do, do I have confidence that heaven's my home? Because the Bible says that if we if simply, it's not about church membership or anything. It's about a relationship with him. It's about inviting him into our heart and into our life. And if you're not at that place, that's between you and the Lord. That's not my business. But if you are like, no, man, I'm not right, but I want to get right. Just right where you are. Just say that to Jesus. I'm not right with you, Jesus, and you know this. But I want to be right today. On this Christmas Eve, I give you me, and I ask you to, I want to receive that gift of salvation. It's that simple. And then today, in just a moment, we'll take communion together. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe today will be your very first communion. See, First Communion is not about a rite of passage. First Communion is not about a, a sacerdotal duty that's enshrined in some tradition. First Communion is about remembering who Jesus is and that he's coming again. And that I will be with him forever. Every time that we come together. That's what Jesus said. To remember his death until he comes. So on this Christmas Eve, we just take a moment and we celebrate who Jesus is. In this, in this Christmas Eve, we take a moment, we reflect on our own hearts, not just to check a box to do a service, but we take two minutes and 43 seconds and we just listen to the song and we reflect. Maybe we need to confess of sins. Maybe we need to make things right with him. Maybe it's just a moment to say, thank you, Lord, that you love me enough that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, I just thank you for your word. And I thank you, Jesus, that you who knew no sin left the glory and the splendor of heaven to come to this earth and clothe yourself in humanity. God, we are not a perfect people. And we live in a very weary world that it seems like at every turn is trying to deny your existence and repress this very gift and meaning of this season of Christmas. God, tonight, 
this afternoon, on December 24th, 2021, we just take a moment and we stop our day, we stop our running, we stop our festivities. We reflect in our own hearts of who you are, of this incredible gift that this season is all about. You, Jesus. Search our hearts in these next few moments before we take communion together. In Jesus' name, amen.